Welcome to Thrive Radio, expert visionary and innovative business, life, and relationship advice to live a life of doing the impossible with your host, Amy Montgomery. Montgomery entrepreneur and digital marketing agency owner. Today, my guest is Terry Tucker. He's a sought after speaker who believes in the power of a good story to motivate, inspire, and help others lead their uncommon, extraordinary lives. He's the author of Sustainable Excellence, 10 Principles to Leading Your Uncommon, Extraordinary Life. He has a background in business, athletic coaching, and law enforcement, and a 10-year journey of surviving cancer. Terry, welcome to the podcast. Well, thanks for having me on, Amy. I'm looking forward to talking with you. Yeah, I'm excited for our conversation today. So can you tell us a little bit about your journey, what got you to where you are today, and why you started to do public speaking, a little bit about your journey of battling cancer as well? Sure. Grew up on the south side of Chicago. I'm the oldest of three boys. You can't tell this from looking at me or my voice, but I'm six foot eight inches tall, and I played college basketball at the Citadel in Charleston, South Carolina. When I graduated from college, I moved home to find a job. I'm really going to date myself now, but this was long before the internet was available to help people find employment. Fortunately, I found that first job in the corporate headquarters of Wendy's International, the hamburger chain in their marketing department. Unfortunately, I lived with my parents for the next three and a half years as I helped my mom care for my father and my grandmother, who were both dying of different forms of cancer. Professionally, as I said, started out at Wendy's, moved to healthcare administration, and then I made a major pivot in my life and became a police officer. And part of what I did during that period was I was a SWAT team hostage negotiator. After my law enforcement career, I started a school security consulting business, coached girls high school basketball, wrote a book in 2020, and also started a motivational speaking business right as COVID hit. And as you mentioned, for the last 10 years, I've been battling a rare form of cancer, a rare form of melanoma that has seen me on a drug for five years that gave me severe flu-like symptoms every week. I had my left foot amputated in 2018, my left leg amputated in 2020, and I still have tumors in my lungs, which I'm being treated for now. And I know that sounds like a really ugly journey, and it certainly has been. But I don't think you really know yourself until you've been tested by some form of adversity. You and I were talking beforehand about how down you had gotten, how you were almost homeless and you were trying to build your business and things like that. As I said, I just don't think you know how what you're capable of until you adversity comes into your life. And I also think that cancer has made me a better individual And then I guess finally, my wife and I have been married for almost 30 years. We have one child, a daughter, who's a graduate of the United States Air Force Academy and is an officer in the new branch of the military, the Space Force. Oh, wow. That's an amazing accomplishment. Pretty proud of her. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, you've got to be really proud of her. Walking through your journey, what are you grateful for and what have you learned? Oh, gosh, we could take an entire podcast about what I've learned. I am incredibly grateful for the people in my life. My wife, my my parents showed I have two brothers, and we were all athletes. We all played basketball or baseball in college. I have one brother who was drafted in the National Basketball Association. But what my parents showed me was the importance of family, of loving each other, of caring for each other, of supporting each other. My parents did what I used to call divide and conquer parenting. Terry's got a game over here. Dad's going to that. And Larry's got to practice over here. Mom's going to that. 
And it's so important. You know, my story is not one where I was abused or my dad was an alcoholic or anything. I'm on the other side. I am so grateful for what my family gave me and what they showed me. And I've tried to pass that on to our daughter as well. What have I learned during this battle with cancer? I've learned that you're so much stronger than you ever thought you were. I have a friend of mine who actually works with my wife who calls me on my off weeks of treatment to check on me. And this young man is a former Navy SEAL. And sometimes we talk about what the SEALs call their 40% rule, which basically says that if you're at the end of your rope, if you're done, if you don't think you can go on, you're only at 40% of your maximum and you still have another 60% left to give to yourself. So whenever I get into those down times, and I certainly do, I always remember I still have so much more left in reserve to give to myself. Yeah, gosh, that speaks to me on so many levels. Because you think about like, anytime you're trying to achieve anything or do anything in life, it could be health, it could be business, it could be whatever it is. You hit those low moments and where you could absolutely give up. And I think that I've always repeated that in my mind of, okay, this is when most people give up. But if I keep on going, I'm probably going to get a major breakthrough in some way. Because like you said, at that point, until you hit that point, there's no other reason for you to step it up. Even in the, that moment, maybe you don't know what you need to do to get to your next from A to point B, but there's no challenge there. Yeah, giving up is easy. It's easy to quit. I'm sure you and I have both seen people that started down a road toward a goal and then they butt up against an impediment. Something gets in their way and they can't get around it or over it or through it and they quit. But we just don't quit. We've got to find somebody to blame. We've got to blame our parents or our station in life or our boss. Very few people take personal responsibility for their own success and happiness. I want my life to be about the decisions that I made, not about the ones that other people made or that I didn't make for myself. So I, it's important for me, and it certainly sounds like it's important for you, that we take that responsibility. We make it or we, or we don't, but at least we gave it everything we had to try to get to what we would call successful. Yeah, yeah. On the downside, you're responsible for your entire life, but on the upside, you're <laughs> responsible for your entire life. It can be a little bit sobering of realizing, oh, wow, if something's not right in my life, if I'm not happy with something, that I'm absolutely 100% responsible for that, regardless of what life handed to me. And, but at the same time, it's sobering too, because <laughs> you realize nobody's coming. Nobody's yeah. coming to save you. <laughs> You're right. Nobody's coming to your rescue. Nobody's going to save you. You're responsible for what happens. Yeah, definitely. So why do you believe we're responsible for our own success and happiness? Let's dive deeper into this because I think that there's a lot of people that might say, I was told that if I get this, I don't know, like maybe they're listening to some default advice of not taking charge and really just leaving it up to fate or if it ha if it happens for me then it happens that sort of thing so what would you say to some of those who maybe haven't taken that responsibility and maybe they're still waiting what would you say i would say that we're all on our unique journey i've seen this certainly during my cancer journey where people will take their entire life and just turn it over to a doctor, you know, or a therapist or somebody like that, or somebody with a bunch of initials after their name. It's like, okay, you manage my life now. You tell me what to do. And I've seen this even with our daughter at times where she'll be like, that guy did this and he's making this much money now, or he's in the corner office now running his company or his team or whatever like that. We can't seem to somehow 
realize that why can't we just be happy for those people? We're all on our unique journey. We all have unique gifts and talents. And where I think we fall down is when we start comparing our lives to other people. That person has more money or they drive a nicer car. They have a better title or whatever like that. We can't be happy for them. We have to somehow be jealous and say, what can I do to get that? And that's fine to look at the things that those individuals have done in their life to get them to that point. But to compare yourselves to other people, I think is where the downfall comes. Because all of a sudden now, if you don't have that money or if you don't drive that car, there's something wrong with you. And you internalize that and all the anxiety and the depression and everything that comes along with that. It's no, you're on your unique journey. You have your unique gifts and talents. Use those gifts and talents to find your purpose in life, whatever that is. And I would tell you to do that by experimenting. I'm going to try this. And one of the chapters I wrote in my book and it's the one that resonates the most with me, and it resonates because I'm ashamed to say I've done it, is this. Most people think with their fears and their insecurities instead of using their mind. No, I've done that. It's like, oh, I'd like to do this. Oh, wait a minute. Maybe I'm not smart enough, or maybe I don't have enough knowledge, or what will people say about me if I fail? That's thinking with our fears and our insecurities. That's not thinking with our minds. And I'll end it with this. I always like to tell people, if there's something in your heart, something in your soul that you believe you're supposed to do, but it scares you, go ahead and do it. Because at the end of your life, the things you're going to regret are not going to be the things you did. They're going to be the things you didn't do. And by then it's going to be too late to go back and do them. There's some powerful truths that you listed in there. And, you know, it is true with the comparison. We never compare all of our wonderful, positive blessings to other people's positive blessings. It's always our weaknesses, the worst things that are going on in our life. We compare that with the the positives in somebody else's life. And how many times if you were to like actually sit down with that person and you, or you find out later on, they were completely miserable. Yeah. Like there were things going on that you had no clue about. Like maybe they had the nice car, maybe they didn't have the nice house, but maybe they've got other things that, are, that they're struggling through and they were just miserable and depressed. And here you are jealous of that and you're happy. Yeah, I think absolutely. we can, there, there's the scales aren't always balanced. And so then you're never going to win. If you do that, I always try to, if I find myself feeling jealous of anyone, I always ask myself, huh, what is it that I'm called to do that I'm not doing right now that I see them doing? Because I feel like it's a call for me to rise up. That if I see something that I think that somebody that I should be having, it's my responsibility now to take that upon myself and make it a goal. Yeah, absolutely. My wife and I had a young, he's not young, but he had an individual that came to our wedding. She was my wife. He was my wife's mentor. And this guy, he was on Wall Street. He was on an Ivy League business school board. He, if you looked at him, you would say, this person is a definition of success. He had multiple homes and things like that. And probably about eight years ago, he took his own life. And you would look at that and think, why would you do that? You had everything that we look at and say, well, that person's successful. But obviously, he was so miserable that he felt it wasn't worth living anymore. And so you're right. You don't know, you don't understand other people's lives. You're not walking in their shoes. So like you say, you're comparing yourself, you're being jealous about the things they have 
why can't you just be grateful that they're on their journey and they're successful and just put your head down and keep moving forward on your journey and maybe you'll get there. Maybe you won't, but the material things in life, I'm not saying you shouldn't be successful. Power, money, influence, all that kind of stuff. At the end of your life, none of that goes with you. What does go with you is the love that you have in your heart. Yeah, that's definitely true. You know, I've grown a big social media following and I remember thinking in the past, oh, if I only had tons of people following me, I X, Y, and Z, you know, would be my reality. Like it'd be, business would be really easy or whatever it may be. And it's like a mirage. It doesn't, it's not any different. It's no different than having a thousand people on social media. Yeah. It's the connections. It's the deep connections with people that make our lives worthwhile. And if you have 8 million people that follow you on TikTok, that's great. How many of those are deep connections? Or how many of those are people that, you know, would just dismiss you? Oh yeah, Amy, yeah, whatever. Oh, Terry, oh, whatever. There's no connection there. There's no commitment. There's nothing there that holds you together other than I clicked a button and said, I'm a follower now. It's those deep connections in life that really make our life worth living. I absolutely agree with that. Yeah, so true. So can you share your four truths? Yeah, the four truths are, are things that I've come up with mostly through my cancer journey. But the first one, I think I learned very early on in my life. I have them on a post-it note here in my office. I see them multiple times during the day and they constantly get reinforced in my mind. So here they are. They're one sentence each. The first one is control your mind or your mind is going to control you. The second one is embrace the pain and the difficulty that we all experience in life and use that pain and difficulty to make you a stronger and more resilient individual. The third one I look at is more of a legacy type of truth. And it's this, what you leave behind is what you weave in the hearts of other people. And then the fourth one I think is pretty self-explanatory. As long as you don't quit, you can never be defeated. And I look at those four truths, at least for me, as, as sort of an anchor or a foundation to build a quality life off of. And so I use those truths. Should I take this treatment? Should I get involved in this project? Are these things that kind of go to my soul or my heart, which I think those four truths are? I especially like the legacy one because you focus on what you are giving into the hearts of people, the seeds that you're planting in people's hearts versus whatever it is that you accomplish because so many people don't get that no no they don't and i still have friends that actually read the obituary page either in the newspaper or online for two reasons one to keep themselves humble and two to make themselves realize that someday somebody's going to be reading our obituaries and i remember when i had my leg amputated i found out i had these tumors in my lungs I went with my wife to the mortuary, to the cemetery, and to the church, and I planned my funeral. And because I do these guest spots on podcasts or I speak in person or somebody's read my book, I got some brushback from people who commented, don't you think that's defeatist planning your funeral? And I had a laugh and look at them like, the last time I checked, we're all going to die. Don't think anybody's working on a cure for life right now. Everybody dies, but not everybody really lives. And I heard a Native American Blackfoot proverb years ago that goes like this. When you were born, you cried and the world rejoiced. Live your life in such a way so that when you die, the world cries and you rejoice. 
That's what I want. That's what I'm looking for. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not looking to hasten my demise in any way, shape, or form. But death is not nearly as scary for me because I believed I lived the purposes for which I was put on this earth to do. Yeah, that's powerful. So how does someone start the journey to know who they are and why do you believe that's important? I think it's important because we're all unique. I have a very strong faith life. I'm not going to put that on anybody, but the way I think about it and the way it really excites me is if it's true, all the things that I've been raised and I believe it is, there has never been, nor will there ever be somebody with my unique gifts and talents. The same for you, Amy, the same for everybody who's listening to us. And if you think about that, if you think about how powerful that is, that all the people who have ever lived in the world and all the people who ever will live in the world, none of them have what you have. Whatever that uniqueness is, whatever that special purpose is in life, none of them are like you. And when you start to think about that, that makes you pretty powerful when you realize you've been given a set of gifts and talents and it's your responsibility to do something with those gifts and talents. It's your responsibility to control your mind, to have a good mindset. It's your responsibility to overcome the trials and the difficulties and the pain that we have in life. It's your responsibility to leave a legacy when you go. It's your responsibility to never quit, to never give up. And when I think about that, it's just, it's incredibly important. And it goes back to what we were talking about before, we're all on our unique journey. Pilot, he's an entrepreneur and he talks about the four types of people in the world. He said, the first type is the unmotivated. And he said, that's the vast majority of people in life. He said, the second type are the motivated people. He said, very kind of simple carrot and stick. If I do this, I will get that. Or if, or if this happens, then this will occur. It's a pretty, pretty baseline. And he said, then there's the inspirational people inspirational coming from in spirit where you are you're moving people with your spirit you're moving people with your energy and then there's the aspirational people who people want to be like you that's what i'm trying to do in my life i'm trying to be aspirational i'm trying to get it so that my life is a good enough example that it would help and assist other people in improving their life. But if you think about so many people who live a casual life, and because they live that casual life, their goals, their dreams, their aspirations become a casualty of that unplanned living. Yeah, so true. Many people are out there, they go after a career, maybe they just go to college because they know they're supposed to go to college and they get a degree because they know they're supposed to get a degree. And they figure that's going to define who they are, but they find out that's really not who they are. How does someone look for a deeper meaning in who they are and what they do? Let me answer that question, I guess, with a story. I had a nurse that asked me what it was like to have my foot amputated, what it was like to have my leg amputated. And certainly what I told her was, certainly has not been easy. I'm still learning how to walk again when you're six foot eight, falling is not an option. You get hurt from this height and things like that. But what I told her was cancer can take all my physical faculties, but cancer can't touch my mind. It can't touch my heart and it can't touch my soul. And that's who I am. That's who you are, Amy. That's who everybody who's listening to us really is. This is just a vessel or a house to house who we really are. 
And we spend a lot of time, is my hair right? Am I wearing the right clothes? And we spend a lot of time on that. And I'm not telling you not to go to the gym and stay in shape, not to eat right, you know, not to avoid alcohol and drugs. I'm not telling you not to do that. Yes, you should do that. But you should also spend time on the things that you really are, the things that are really important in life. And that's developing your heart. That's developing your mind. That's developing your soul. And if you do that at the end of your life, you are going to give back, at least I believe, to your creator. It's like, look, you gave me these gifts. I took those gifts and here's what I did with them. I made something out of myself. I improved the lives of other people through the products that I offered, the services that I offered, you know, whatever you do. And again, it goes back to what's in your heart, what's in your soul that you believe you're supposed to do. Because if you listen to that, we're going a million miles an hour. We're all plugged in. We're all connected. We're all doing that kind of stuff. Is it any wonder that people can't figure out what they're supposed to do? You need to spend time. I just finished a book called Do Hard Things by a guy by the name of Steve Magnus. Great book. I'd recommend it to you. And one of the things he talks about was this study that this, this psychologist did. And it was a very simple study. He put pretty much younger people into a room. The only thing in the room was a table and a chair. They weren't allowed to have any devices. They weren't allowed to have anything at all but this table and chair. The only other thing in the room was a buzzer. And if you hit that buzzer, you would get an electric shock. He put people in that room for 15 minutes. 67% of the men and 25% of the women shocked themselves. They shocked themselves, including one guy who shocked himself every five seconds for 15 minutes. And what that told him was, we're not comfortable with who we are. We don't know who we are. Having a cell phone or an iPad or whatever, that we're connected, but that's not who you are. So spend some time every day. And I try to do this. Spend some time every day just being alone with yourself. I'm not talking about meditating. I'm not talking about going that way. Just let your brain, let your mind go wherever it goes, but just be alone with yourself. And the other last thing I would say is spend some time every day doing one thing that makes you nervous, that makes you uncomfortable, that scares you, that's potentially embarrassing. Because it, and it doesn't have to be a big thing, something small, just one thing every day. If you do that, when the big disasters in life hit us, and they hit all of us, we lose somebody who's close to us, we lose our job, we find out we have some kind of terminal or chronic illness. If you do those small things every day, you'll be so much more resilient to handle the big things when they hit us all. Really good. Can you share some success stories with us? Maybe you've impacted some individuals you might want to share that you've been able to help along the way. Yeah, let me answer that question in a different way. Yes, there are people that have reached out to me, have read my book, or people have come up to me after a presentation. I did a presentation last summer and a couple came up to me. It was a trade group and they were in the same trade and they'd come to this conference and they're like, we were streaming your presentation to our 18-year-old son who's having a difficult time in his life. Wow, that's pretty interesting. It's like, we think that what you said had a positive influence on him. But let me flip that a little bit. I had a nurse. I think all my stories are about nurses or basketball. I had a nurse one time who, when I first met her, she was a young woman, about 25. She was a nurse and she was in training on the unit where I get my infusions every three weeks. And about eight months later, she was taking care of me by herself. And she came in and she said, Terry, I've got a story I want to tell you, but I'm a little uncomfortable telling you. 
And I didn't really know how to respond to that. And it's like, it sounds like it might be a good story. I'd love to hear it if you feel like telling me. She's in and out for the next couple hours. And then finally comes in, sits down on the bed in the room. She's like, All right, here's the deal. She said, when I first met you, I was going to get out of nursing. She said, I had a good friend of mine that had died. I was in a really dark place. I talked to my mom and dad. I was going to quit nursing and I was going to go to work for Amazon. And she said, and then I met you. And I see what you go through every day when you come here for treatment. And then I went back and I read everything that you've been through over these last 10 years. And she said, by reading your story, I knew I was where I was supposed to be. Now, if she would have never told me that story, I would have had no idea that my life had a positive impact on her. We all think that our life could be better, things are bad now and stuff like that. You have no idea. Who's out there watching you, following your career, following you online, who would give everything they have just to walk in your shoes for five minutes? When I was growing up, there was a basketball coach at UCLA by the name of John Wooden. And Wooden had an interesting quote, and it went like this, a careful person I want to be, a little person follows me. I dare not go astray for fear they may go the same way. So, you know, you just never know who, whatever you're doing in your life, whether it's business, whether you're dealing with the disease, whether it's your family, who's watching you and saying, boy, I wish I could be more like Amy, or I wish I could be more like Terry, or whoever, you have no idea who those people are. Keep that in mind as you live your life and you make the choices that you do. Really good. What do you think has been your truth that has gotten you this far in your journey? My truth, my purpose, my why, whatever you want to call it. I think we a lot of times think that it has to be our job or our career. It doesn't. You know, I mean, it would be great if, you know, your truth or your purpose aligned with what you did for a living, but it doesn't. Your job could be over here. It's what you do to make money and pay the bills, but your purpose is to be a podcast host or to write or to paint or to be an activist or whatever it is that you find in your heart. So I get real cautious when people are like, your purpose has to be this. My purpose has been changing throughout my life. I think when I was young, my purpose or my truth was basketball. I knew it. I, it was in my blood. I ate it. I drank it. I slept it. And then when I had to be older and started to develop as an adult, I felt my purpose was to follow my grandfather's footsteps. He was a Chicago police officer. And eventually I got into that. And now, as in all honesty with my cancer, I'm probably coming towards the end of my life. I think my purpose is to put as much goodness, as much positivity, as much motivation, as much love back into the world as I possibly can. And I know, especially guys, we don't want to talk about love. Love's not important. But again, love is so important. And I'm not talking about romantic love. I'm talking about the love for yourself, the love for your family, the love for the people around you, the love for what you do. If you believe in God, the love for your creator. That's all important stuff. And to dismiss love from our lives, I really think love is the most important thing that we all have in our lives. If you're able to give yourself one piece of advice when you first started out on this long journey you've been on, what would that be? Oh, that's a great, that's a great question. I would say that you need to control your mind. Your mindset dictates everything else that goes on in your body. We all talk to ourselves, whether we like to admit it or not. We all have this self-talk. Make sure that self-talk is positive. Make sure, now, and don't get excited when negative things come into your mind. Or that We're human beings. That's going to happen. So don't get too excited about that. But make sure when you talk to yourself that it's positive. And I'll give you an example of why. 
and I'm going to use it a basketball analogy, the part of your brain, when you actually take a basketball and go onto the court and shoot shots, there's a part of your brain that lights up, creating neurons, you're creating connections in your brain to get yourself good at doing that. That same part of your brain that lights up when you physically shoot a basketball is the same part of your brain that lights up when you think about shooting a basketball. So be very careful with what you put in your mind. Make sure it's positive because we all become what we think. So true. Terry, thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your expertise. Well, Amy, thanks for having me. I always say it's nice people like you that allow me to come on and have a conversation with them. And hopefully that conversation makes a positive difference in somebody's life. And if it does, today's been a good day. Perfect. And Terry, if there are people that are listening that would love to reach out to you, what's the best way to do that? Yeah, I have a blog. Every day I put up a thought for the day. And with that thought usually comes a question about how you might apply that in your life. On my blog, I put up the Monday morning motivational message. I have books to read, videos to watch. You can leave me a message. And that's all at motivationalcheck.com. Perfect. I'll put all those links down below as well. Thank you. So thanks again for coming on today. And if you are listening and you want more information about this podcast or upcoming shows, you can visit thepoliticalthrive.com. Thank you, everyone, and have a wonderful week.